<laughs> the one time I did mushrooms, I masturbated after everybody left, and it took a while. Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is the weekly podcast that delivers a minute-by-minute breakdown of the 1986 Transformers movie. This is episode 43, so we're covering the 42-minute mark to the 43-minute mark. And uh, I'm your host, Aaron, (laughs) and I do this show exclusively by myself. Mm. It's just me, all me. The research, the execution, the success is the result of my great, finely-tuned creative mind combined... With loads of effort. <laughs> I was waiting for you guys to say something. Well, <laughs> yeah, I feel it feels weird if you're not no, introducing me. I'm gonna, like, I don't know if I can talk yet. I'm just gonna sit here and see what happens. I'm I, Ryan. Okay. This is my voice. Hello, this is Caleb. So, are you guys real? I just said all that to make sure I wasn't schizophrenic. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> Thanks. This has gone really well. <laughs> Thank you to all those who left us messages on iTunes, uh, participating in our listener appreciation uh, event. Uh, for those who gave us your address, we'll very soon have something that we think is kind of <laughs> cool coming your way it via the thing. old postal Ryan, service. It's a thing that definitely exists. Ryan's almost finished. Well, listen, it's right. it'll, it'll, be, or it'll be January. I've been done it'll for like a January. month. I've been finished with mine for like a month. Uh, Caleb's was the first to be complete, but also the simplest of execution. <laughs> I think he made it on a napkin, perhaps. <laughs> well, yeah. so you might know that it's paper related, yeah. <laughs> perhaps. But uh, taking advantage, right, coming in right before the end of this uh, of this is uh, an Australian iTunes listener, Ugly Mike. Ugly so thank Mike. you, Ugly Mike, for ugly, getting it in there. What a Ugly Mike. Ugly Mike. Ugly Mike. I'm not even going to try. I'm We're going to bastardize his uh, accent. So uh, his review that he provided to us uh, via the Australian iTunes portal, <laughs> uh, his headline is a must for all Transformers G1 fans. Aaron, Ryan, and Caleb take us on a journey through the 1986 Transformers G1 movie with thrills and spills, fun facts, script deviations, and iconic moments, not to mention the dick and bum jokes. (laughs) This podcast is number one in my weekly podcast rotation. Wow. Highly recommended. I love how uh, (laughs) the people that are willing to provide addresses and uh, feedback on this whole uh, listener appreciation... They all are overseas. Almost internal, international. Uh, yeah. Whereas <laughs> but I was our gonna... domestic audience, for the most part, not all of them, there are uh, some exceptions. But oh, We just lost a bunch of listeners. <laughs> well, I, I do want to say They're awesome. Though. Our domestic <laughs> listeners are awesome. <laughs> they just are nervous about their address. I oh, guess. So what was that guy's name again? Uh, oh, that's, uh, well, Ugly Mike. So oh, I just I'm wanted not to say. give his real name. I just want to say, that's not a Mike. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, thank you to our single Australian listener. We are flattered. There's probably more than one Australian listener. <laughs> probably not. We are flattered that you appreciate the podcast, and we definitely will have something special in the mail, and perhaps uh, we'll include a little dick and bum joke on mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Yeah, just, just for him. Bum. That, that bum has never really made it into the United States English I don't know vernacular. If, if they do I mean, we say it, but... In Australia, too, but like, I, but in, uh, I've always found it interesting that in Britain, they call a pussy a fanny. A fanny. Hmm. Like a fanny pack. Yeah, I'm sure they don't call them that. They must, I think they call them bum bags, actually. <laughs> Which is... Fun. Are you serious? I think so. Oh so I like weird. how in both cultures, the C word is like just an everyday word. See you next Tuesday. But mm-hmm. in American culture, Ooh, that is like one of the worst things you can say in the presence of a woman, period, ever. Or a man. I mean, it's pretty bad all around, but <laughs> definitely bad. worse if yes. you're around women. It makes me want to move to Australia, just so I can drop... Just so you can not, say cunt. Oh, he I did. Oh, no. I'm not afraid. Oh no! I have a live girlfriend. <laughs> She'll stay at any bed and breakfast with you. That's right. She's left T- and right, bringing TVs or T- not. TV or none. All right. Well, let's get into the episode here. Um, That's a joke nobody's gonna get until we <laughs> release that commentary, <laughs> which will never be released. Last episode, we had a moment of rest and war stories, but we've quickly shifted back into real war, and we get right into the action with Galvatron firing off a handful of missiles at Cup and Hot Rod's ship. The ship seems to dodge around the missiles. And, yeah, uh, a and lot they, of missiles. A lot of missiles, and they all turn around, uh, head back towards Hot Rod Ship. I love the missile effect. Yeah, the missiles are great. Uh, and, like, all the projectiles that come out of the Galvatron yeah. ship are awesome. Um, I also like that. It's like that they can't seem to... Uh, uh, they're, they're awesome looking, but they seem to serve uh, very little of... Uh, they their, don't their, do a lot of damage. purpose, which is actually making con- contact with the... It's true. I think that they target. explode before they hit the target. Yeah, I was going to talk about think. that because well, we'll get in on it. Yeah, we're getting okay. to that Sorry, point. But I was just going to—I was looking okay. at uh, forty-two, uh, basically forty-two oh nine. That lo- that holographic wall that's behind Cup. Mm-hmm. The, like, I, I just like that. It's, it's like, like a, a radar, like kind a of fake three D kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I can't cool understand effect. what that's supposed to be. What that thing's that what its, it's function cool would effect, be. But it is pretty neat. I mean, it's just you know a testament to detail. That probably wasn't easy. Some guy probably. With a needle pinholed through a mm-hmm. transparency cell of some kind and shine some light. Like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm pretending to know what happened. And then it like, at 42, 11 to like 13, Cup just casually drops. Uh, there were an awful lot of casualties that day when they're trying to figure out how to get away from us because he says mm-hmm. they got away from the bats of whatever. Dramadon. So, yeah, the exchange is about the shrite bats of Dramadon. And that's where he pulls out, and, and, and Hot Rod's like, what'd you do then? And Cup pulls out the old science fiction oh chestnut about, mm-hmm. what is it? Reverse polarity. Well, he but says he inverting says, polarity. He says inverting, oh, it sounds like he says ingrating, ingrate polarities, but he it's what I wrote down. <laughs> you ingrate polarities? We ingrated polarities. So, but no, invoided. He's got invoided. that, he's got that accent. Invoided. I invoided polarities. So what? So then, what does that mean, and what do they do? Well, I've got well, a whole thing about that <laughs> I have at the end to. of the show, but oh. uh, we can talk about it now. Let's well, talk, is talk. it a script deviation deal? It's not really a script deviation, it's just discussion notes. We can do it right now, but so it, and, and what these guys do to invade polarities is they essentially push a button which causes the ship to levitate <laughs> upwards. Thrusters dodge out of the way. And then some kind of, like... Uh, 
uh, pyramid of beam. energy. Yeah, I don't know what you call it. And there's a screeching sort of noise and a sciency light show. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, the missiles fly back around. It feels, doesn't seem like it did anything. <laughs> it feels like it didn't do anything. But I think what happened is it somehow like because you can tell they explode yeah. before they hit the front of the ship. So what I think it's done is scrambled whatever their magnetism somehow. That's kind of what and I caused them to cause them to. It's, it's, but which, by the way, them flying into that explosion and the subsequent shot of them flying through the explosion is really awesome. Mm -hmm. So the missiles had their uh, polarities invoided? <laughs> Some might say that that's what happened. And, what and I guess it caused them to detonate. But yeah, I actually looked up where that trope comes from. Oh, wow. We have the same. This is fun. Oh, do you want to do it? No, you do it. What you um, I was just... I, what I found was that um, it uh, originally in 1898, in an unauthorized uh, sequel to a... <laughs> or in a, a sequel to an unauthorized adaptation of War of the Worlds called Edison's Conquest of Mars. This is amazing. Yeah, we have the same notes, and it's an amazing little story. Like, All right. Or the, the story behind this book. I'm excited. Go, go ahead. I don't this. have the story behind the book. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, so essential. Well, and a lot of people will believe that Doctor Who often gets credited as it was the originator of the like expression. Who. Yeah. But uh, no, the so unauthorized editions apparently of War of the Worlds were a big deal after War of the Worlds came out, and so. Edison, or there was a version of War of the Worlds. I'm trying to see what it was called here. It was called Fighters from Mars. Fighters from Mars. Okay, it was serialized and published in uh, Cosmopolitan and the New York Evening Journal and the Boston Post. Basically just a ripoff of War of the Worlds. And then, so this, Edison's Conquest of Mars, is a sequel to that. To that, So it's yeah. a sequel to War of the Worlds, but it's really a sequel to an unauthorized reproduction yeah. of War of the Worlds. And in it, there's several firsts, including uh, inverting polarities. It's the first recorded story of alien abduction, uh, oh. the first mention of spacesuits, the first mentions of aliens building the pyramids, the first oh boy, like so. things like space battles, oxygen pills, asteroid mining. This like wow created like a whole bunch of really creative ideas that were never and actually is credited as one of the first American science fiction novels. Which is fascinating because the guy was a, a, um, a scientist, I think a, a astronomer and writer. It seems like he was really creative. Why do you got to rip off somebody else's book? <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Well, the C I don't know if this, did that... I'd have to remember if this guy wrote the knockoff War of the Worlds and the sequel. I think or he did. okay, all right. So, but then um, that guy's name, by the way, is Garrett P. Service. Mm -hmm. But the thing that was interesting about this, and the so it's called Edison's Edison's Conquest of Mars. So the protagonist is Thomas Edison, <laughs> and I'm trying to remember who else was in it. It's like uh, there were other like notable people mm -hmm. at the time, like what, whoever the president of the United States was, it, was at the time. Nicholas was in it. Is Nicholas Tesla in it? Is he should be. Tesla! And Edison yeah. just fighting it out yeah. on Mars. Yeah. But, but it's all about his inventions that he makes to battle the, Mars, the Martians on their home turf. Hmm. So at what point in that storyline did they invert polarities? I don't know. I didn't get that deep well, into but it. But it mentions it in that story. Yeah, but it does mention okay. that. But it, is, it was popularized by Doctor Who. Uh, the third Doctor, uh, John, I've never heard his name pronounced, so Pertwee, I apologize if that's not right. He asked the writers to give him a simple piece of techno babble he could reliably deliver. <laughs> so it was reverse polarities. And basically, reversing polarities, I mean, anytime you put a battery in something backwards, you've reversed the polarity wow. of it. Awesome. Uh, so like a simple device, like a toothbrush, will run in the reverse. Mm -hmm. But like more complicated ones with diodes that don't allow the, the right. it to go back in the same way will just burn out. Right. 
Uh, there's reverse polarities happening around us all the time in our in our lighting. It's true. Our ACDC lights, man. It's almost like we visited the same website. I mean, it might be. Uh, 120 <laughs> times a second with alternating current, it wow. reverses polarity. 100 to 120. That's right. It depends on the efficiency. 220, 221, whatever it takes. So if you wear polarized uh, shades, Uh-oh. if you reverse the... the <laughs> does it end up burning your eyeballs out? <laughs> like ants you put them on backwards. Like, yeah, what happens when you wear polarized sunglasses backwards? Similar well, kind of thing? Yeah. See, that's my science. That's science. That's my science contribution. <laughs> uh, and, of course, we remember adversing polarities from the famous Call of the Primitives episode. It's kind of Oh, like, yeah, they did do that. In it's that. A, basically a trope in lots of sciencey things where you've got the super sciencey guy, the, the smartest guy in the room just can't figure out what to do, and they always pull out, like, the dumb guy in the room will be like, why don't you go in reverse? Or, like, flip the switch to off or reverse yeah. or whatever. And you that, soured its milk. <laughs> and so... That has been brought up in many episodes. You love that I do bring it up a lot. (laughs) Bonkers episode. uh, Okay. But, uh, okay, so we're halfway through the minute, and um, it's uh, the guys are flying through the explosion. There's a very cool sequence of them, you know, kind of struggling to get through yeah. it, whatever you'd call it, sort of the... the missile blast. Yeah. yeah, the missile blasts and the and the shock waves that they're trying to navigate through. Sure. They did it. And they did it. We and, survived that. But... So they steady the ship, and then another ominous visual pops up on the screen. It's Galvatron's ship, The, the Revenge. The Revenge. Sorry. And attention focuses to the inside of Galvatron's ship, and wait, 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 wait. are they behind? Is he behind them? Yeah, still? he's behind. Yeah. Chasing them down. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he he pushes some <laughs> buttons, <laughs> yes. and he commands Cyclonus to go out and attack, mm-hmm. which is so cool. Like in forty two, forty one, where Cyclonus transforms yeah. and blasts. It's a pretty sweet uh, sequence right there. Yeah, great transformation sequence. I love the way he rotates yep. as he does it. Yeah. And then he just engages some thrusters and blasts towards the ship. So I guess he's a little bit more nimble, and that's why Galvatron would yeah, he's send him out there. As opposed to a long-range vehicle. He's obviously super fast. Right, right. He, he, so he dogs Hot Rod's ship, a couple of laser blasts here and there, cuts through the ship with you know with these yeah. amazingly placed shots i guess mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> uh, the, the the ship loses control <laughs> and goes crashing towards a strange looking what? metallic planet that's the strangest planet i've ever seen <laughs> well it's it so far there's another stranger one coming up but oh, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, we know that we this is in the future know that this is quintessa, quintessa. That weirder planet, though, is my favorite planet. That's right. It is a cool planet. After we get Junk to the Junkion planet, I think Caleb's just going to bail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with this, too. So this, I, I, I have to bring it up just because I'm the dick that brings up these stupid nitpicky things. But what the fuck, man? These ships took hundreds of shots on Earth uh-huh. from Cyclonus himself, yes. mm. and they're fine. They take off. They yes. evade the Decepticons, and now, like, four shots, and he cuts through this ship, and now it's going to crash. That's I mean, I mean, it's almost the... like they needed a reason for that ship to uh, crash on Quintessa. It's the right. straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. It was like, just too much. Why couldn't they just have those missiles hit the ship? And then Maybe those missiles weakened it to the point where it could pin it. Cyclonus I, could I, think you've, so. I think you've got to give... You've got to throw, at least at, at this point in the movie, you've got to throw the Autobots a bone where they've... Well, they did manage to dodge all those missiles because up to, <laughs> up to this like up to this point, they just suck when it comes to fighting the Decepticons. I mean, the, the, They're the, not good. The Decepticons have kicked their asses throughout the whole movie. <laughs> I mean, Aside from Prime, yeah, it's been pretty yeah, bad. It's been a pretty dismal showing. Yeah, it's pretty pathetic, actually. Right. The Autobots are pretty pathetic. 
And really, they still are. Like so, that little yeah. missile dodging is really nothing yeah. in the scheme of things. It's, yeah. The uh, that so that brings us to the end of the minute, and uh, you know, I think it's time for some of those. <laughs> the movie doesn't name them, but the missiles that were used to be fired upon Cup and Hot Rod's ship are called Moleculon missiles. Moleculon That's in mine, too. And um, we, I think we've referred to it in actually a couple previous episodes when we talked about the revenge. And at first, essentially the same things happen. There's a bit more dialogue, but Hot Rod does challenge Cup's idea to inverse polarities. He says, that'll tear the ship apart. <laughs> Uh, but after they avoid the missiles, instead of Cyclonus attacking them and disabling the ships, they float by what is described as a, quote, giant alien-made moon. Yes. And a hatch opens from that moon, and a giant, quote, lobster claw-like grabber comes out, grabs the ship, crushes it, and flings the Autobots towards Quintessa. So there's a that moon random. outside Quintessa, the, and a lobster claw grabs it and claw. tosses it towards them instead of them being We're shot We're being down. attacked by Galvatron. <laughs> Guess what you don't expect? Some fucking crustacean to attack you from a random fucking moon. That's yep. weird. That's not in mine at all. All right, good. It's well, a banana's like... What's the, what's that's the Gal- all I've got. What's the Galvatron cheer? Ingester. Ingester. And victory? No, just ingester. It's just in- the word ingester. <laughs> just it's, it's a bonkers floral dairy stuff. Okay, so in my uh, in my deviation, it, this is a real short one. Um, basically, it's the same thing. Uh, Galvatron has found them and is attacking them, um, and they, he shoots the Moleculon missiles. Uh, they strike the hull of the shuttle. Um, causing a vibrating line of electrical energy to crackle all around the shuttle, lacing over and around it like a webbing of some fiery spider. <laughs> Which a lot of organic spiders and lobsters mm-hmm. and, and <laughs> snake. I don't know. Very. There's a lot of organic stuff in these earlier drafts. This is and this one's weird because like Cup says, "We're hit, abandoned," and then the shuttle cracks violently apart. It's shards and sections blasting in all directions toward camera, through camera, as Hot Rod comes flying out, turning over and over in space toward the camera and over the camera, and falling, 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 and Cup says, ship! Abandoned ship. And then the Hot Rod falls out of sight, and we hear the echo of his yell, ah! It just says, ah. <laughs> and then Galvatron smiles malevolently and says, one down, one to go. And that's pretty Whoa. much it. But it does, there's no mention. I haven't read very far ahead. There's no mention of like a planet. So they're so, just falling into space. So between the 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 Friedman original and I, what I assume is the Friedman or Dilly draft mm-hmm. rewrite, they actually <laughs> took crazier. away Galvatron's glory and yeah. created <laughs> the, the lobster claw moon. It's weird. It's a weird thing to like. Yeah, to, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, hmm. well, normally at this point in time, I wonder if that uh, after, I wonder if the ghost of the iconic moment is still working at TJ Maxx right now. I don't think we can talk about it unless it shows up. Probably off by now. I mean, it's no, no it's it's down. Oh, there it is. We can. I'm the ghost of the iconic moment. <laughs> you know. Uh... I'll just go first. I don't really know if any moment is particularly iconic. I always love the look of those missiles and explosions mm-hmm. as they 
after they get scrambled. But uh, and releasing Cyclonus like a mad bulldog is pretty cool. But mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything iconic for me. Well, being that you just uh, pretty much described most the minute, of the action, the, minute. <laughs> <laughs> the entire minute, <laughs> I will have to just agree with you at that point. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, there's not. I I think the Cyclonus transformation and blasting away is pre- is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, there's it's just a lot of like. Missiles in action in this. There's not a whole lot of well, not a lot minutes. of meat to sink your teeth I, into. I do for some reason find the this the the shots where Galvatron's just pushing buttons and stuff and looking very <laughs> stoic. And it is kind of fascinating. Like he's just like he's no he's just doing his he's just doing his thing. He's like pushing right. the buttons and wreaking havoc. It does seem like does find, I find those kind of amusing. It, it, he yeah. he is very hands on, whereas like if you like a captain of a ship would just generally give orders and somebody else would do the button pushing. That's his ship. I mean, scourge, push the button that yeah. tells Cyclonus I'll to transform and attack. Pull that lever. Push that button. I will say that if a giant lobster claw had come out of a moon and crushed a ship, I that would be my iconic moment. That's amazing. Would, if I saw that happen, I would. To the Autobot ship, I would turn around and fly away. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, presumably they would have seen that. All right, maybe we'll see what happens in the next minute. Did I actually? I hope speak? we get to see what happens in the next minute. Um, nope, doesn't follow up on that. So, <laughs> spoiler alert. Next time on the Autobot Decepticast, we've got Cup and Hot Rod who are going to create a situation that Ultra Magnus can't deal with now. <laughs> And Ultra Magnus and the crew hatch a dangerous, evasive plan. Yep. That's it. Let's let's do it. All right, everybody. Please uh, continue listening to the show and tell your friends about us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn. Follow us on our social media. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at APODDCast. And, of course, there's our web presence at autopoddecepticast.com. Ryan, you got anything you might put up there? Any ideas? This is kind of a short one. This it was is a, a lot of it happens. It was okay. a short one. Uh, I mean, coming off of all that gold that was our our Christmas and New, <laughs> New Year's, Year's Eve episodes. That's but uh, yeah, I'll I'll find something fun to throw up on there. Actually, I, I would put up the I would try to put up any kind of information about the uh, the Thomas Edison fights people mm-hmm. on Mars or whatever. You yeah, want. I'll dig into that. And this is totally unrelated, but maybe just interesting conversationally. I discovered that in the Decepticon Hall of Heroes, uh, those statues, they all represent past Decepticon leaders. Mm. And they all actually do have names, I found on the TF Wiki. And two of the leaders' names, one of them is named like... Floron, and another one's name oh is like Derrytron. <laughs> like that is that. ridiculous. <laughs> but so. there's no history that came with that mm-hmm. knowledge of who these leaders were, or list of their accomplishments. It's just that they existed, and, and they're and named they for reasons that <laughs> right. Floro Derry wanted to name something after himself. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. All right. Um, all right, everybody, uh, iTunes users, please rate and subscribe. Bye, please. Talk to you later. Bye, bye, bye. Recording, cool. Um, anyway, there is some. Sto- there was a story where Skullgrin. Do you remember who that was? Yes. He goes. I don't remember if it was the Hollywood, but he happens oh upon God. a movie set and becomes a movie star. Wow. And decides to leave the Decepticons. That.
in order to pursue this. Um, and then there's another one that was really cool uh, where the two Autobot pretenders happened upon this like planet of sort of giant Amazonian females. Okay. Like humanoid types, but sure. they were in their like you know facade form, and I think they, if I remember correctly, I think they hated technology and destroyed robots if they showed up. So they were like they were hiding in their form. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also, also the alien Amazon females wanted to bang them. <laughs> of course. The one like storyline that from the the third season that sticks out with me most in the cartoon is uh, the one where Hot Rod Springer and RC get turned into humans. Oh, yeah. Or, and uh, I think Ultra Magnus, too, maybe. I guess you don't have any kind of feelings about that episode. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen it in so long. It just captured my imagination because I was like, I don't know. Into uh, what if? Like, the, the, yeah, like just their relationship was weird, and so I was like, whoa. Now they're so what, I'm trying to remember, did bad guys invade their bodies? No, if I recall correctly, they just got transformed. I don't even, that's the only thing I remember about the episode, is just they became humans, but then they were wearing clothes mm -hmm. that were the color of their, of like, course. so you could know who the fuck each person was. Google this. Autobots as humans, season three. Let's see what happened. Only human might have been the episode. <laughs> what a great title. So let's see if I can guess. Okay, so yeah, Ultra Magnus RC. Uh, who would? Oh, Springer. Springer is black. Awesome, and and hot and rot and uh, or rot. I guess is like Rodimus. a burly Why construction is he unit. Yeah, he's like, they, they look kind of like futuristic Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of do. Why is it so hot over here? Oh, I've got this thing on. Oh, <laughs> turn it off. My legs get cold. My legs get cold. Well, that's probably just because you have bad circulation and we'll have to die soon. <sighs> My diabetes are... <laughs> the buds. Oh, is that the, that's the same episode with Old oh, Snake? Oh, that's... Yeah, Cobra Commander does that, uh, has something to do with it. Wow. What a weird one. You look creepy. The caption says, RC, biologically, we can, you know. <laughs> what? what? Huh? Never mind. All right, I'm going to go. Bye -bye.